Do the trashy pulp novels of the world have anything to offer? Our bestseller is all they're cracked up to be. Here at Terrible Book Club, we explore whether you really can judge a book by its cover or its ridiculous synopsis. You ever passed a book and thought, ugh, who's reading this? We probably are. of sick paris and this is chris a healthy chris this time (laughs) yeah usually a healthy chris yeah uh so this time we read sleeping with the fishes by mary janice davidson not to be confused with the other more famous book and movie called sleeping with the fishes apparently there it what yeah (laughs) there's yeah there's a another book called sleeping with the fishes that was made into a movie but it bears no resemblance to this book uh i found that out when i I was just like uh googling it trying to find out if you know anybody had talked about it looking at amazon reviews yeah and i found out that uh (laughs) there's another more famous book is it also a mermaid romance based story uh no i don't i don't think so it seemed like just a book about random women maybe there was romance in it but it, i don't okay. know honestly I mean, like well, i didn't you know, care that the, much the title for this one is kind of on the you know what it's not really on the nose which i'm gonna bring up later i guess yeah. because i mean all right so the the central idea of this book is uh mermaids are real things and there's lots of not a lot of them i guess actually but they're they're around and they some of them pass as humans or something because yeah. they can shift back and forth yeah so so I'm just going to give some specifics. So apparently there's only one million mer people, mer folk, excuse me. Yeah, come on. Uh, in the world in this book. And the main character is Frederica Bim. She goes by Fred. Yeah, uh, uh, I have a problem with some of the names in this book. Yeah, anyway, I'm just going to give them a basic rundown. So Fred works at the New England Aquarium Yep. Uh-huh. Uh, as, as a... Um, I don't As a know. Mermaid would, you know, a she's, mermaid. Yeah, she's uh, the person that feeds the fish in the uh, giant ocean tank, which they mistakenly call Main One throughout the book. I, I have no idea why they don't just call it the giant ocean tank or GOT. Is um, that the official name? Yeah, it's <laughs> called you? the yeah, it's called the giant ocean tank. Uh, yeah, I have been to the aquarium a bunch of times, but I don't like memorize like what each one thing is called. I, sure, like, sure, but like it's pretty readily available knowledge. Like it's on the internet. Yeah, so, like this book <laughs> obviously takes place in Boston, which we have knowledge of. Well, and- yeah. So, but Chris and I, Chris has lived in Boston his whole life. Um, I'm from Massachusetts. But I lived in Boston for 10 years, so we both... And I, I still work in Boston, and uh, I have some intimate knowledge of the New England Aquarium for a reason I will not disclose. <laughs> yeah, you know, we have connections. We have buddies everywhere. Yeah, yeah. I know people, a lot of people you know. that work there. So, so, yeah, you might have some insider knowledge on what's correct and what's not in terms of this very specific setting. But, uh, like, um, it seems like there was an attempt made for it to be researched or like maybe at one time this author 
was indeed in Boston once, maybe. Yeah, she said that she had her wedding reception at the aquarium, um, oh, but she okay. said it was a long time ago. All right, uh, you can do that? Y- yeah, yeah, the aquarium has a huge events department. Um, there are many, many, many events all year long. Um, it actually helps fund the place. So. Oh, yeah, I guess I'd imagine. But, like, how specific can you, how, like, how small can I just rent out an event that's just me hanging out over there? I mean, if I have enough money. Yeah, if you have tens of thousands of dollars, sure. But, like, okay, usually. Okay, that sounds right. <laughs> sure. Yeah, it's pretty expensive. But, um, I didn't anyway. know that people who, like, who wants, who's like, I want to get married in the aquarium. Dude, so many people. So many people get married there. They have their wedding receptions. They get married or, like, um, big businesses have a lot of, like, employee events there. Uh, yeah. Is it also, like, a mermaid thing? Like, to be, no. these, like, okay. No. I'm just, I don't know, man. Like, <laughs> apparently Sorry. mermaids are a popular subject for you know yeah might be the next vampire thing right so this book is written by a woman who and i say book loosely it's it's basically just like a really short story with large font and a lot of space in between all the all the lines yeah it was a pretty quick read once you can like sit down and actually get through which actually took me some time because i was kind of you know i was fairly disinterested in the in the premise from the get-go um, not that like I mean, there's been worse books that we've read for certain with oh, premises or whatever, absolutely. and that are less competently written. And apparently, this is like a New York bestseller or something, a New York Times bestseller. Well, no, me. not not the book, but the author is a New York oh, Times bestselling oh, author. Okay, do you know which of her books was actually po- like? Yeah, on that list? I think her like zombie or vampire series. Yeah, which... she has some something called like Undead and Blank. Yes, is, yeah. you know, is sort of the. Um, uh, and from what I can gather, that those books are written like it's basically just the same fucking story over and over again with like a different paranormal creature. She has like a werewolf series and this mermaid series and a vampire series and that I don't know how it's so popular. I've never heard of it before. Um, it must just fit into like a really specific niche or something on the New York Times bestseller list. I'm, I'm I, not I, certain. You know, I guess if you have, uh, you know. Enough of a niche carved out for yourself that you're well known for it. More people will come to you after a while. Although, like, uh, like I said, I didn't really read anything in here that was super groundbreaking beyond what anyone else that has minor competency in writing wouldn't be able to do. So I'm not sure why she got to be the one on the New York Times bestseller list. Maybe just really good marketing and like a PR team or something like that. Which nah, I don't know. I mean, even she says she has no idea. Like how okay. it became well, so hey, popular. Yeah, so what what I'm interested in also is I remember when I had the copy of the book that we both read that mm-hmm. on the front cover it says never before published. Yeah, which is bizarre and I have it's a no mystifying idea. thing to put on the front cover of a book because I mean I don't think this is her first book that she published. No, no. This was published in like two thousand six, I think. Uh let me double check that. And by looking in the front cover. I think it was 2006. So, yeah, this book is 11 years old. Sure, but then I guess what what remains is like, oh, they mean that this story has been never before published and that goes for lots plenty of books, right? Like yeah, why is I don't, that a I don't, sta- Yeah, I feel the same way. It's like Like you don't really get a sec- <laughs> I, I don't know. <laughs> You don't really get a second printing of something unless like it <laughs> 
And then why would you want to brag about this being the first edition? Because like that's yeah. Not, I guess that's not that. I guess it's a little hard. I, it's a weird thing to put up there. I, it, they don't mean that she has not been a published author before. Right. Right. They don't. I, it, it's a weird thing to boast about. Like no one ever gave a shit until just now. Check it out. Yeah. This one must be really great. It's pretty weird. I mean, I think that. The funny thing is that she's like, oh, thanks to my husband for doing all this research. And and she lists these websites that she used. And none of the websites are the New England Aquarium's website, which I think is hilarious. Are they websites talking about the aquarium, but it's no. not the aquarium? Is no. it like Boston? Get no. to know Boston. Be- okay. No, it's, all stuff, right. it's stuff about uh, marine biology, which is strange because that never comes there's, up at all there's never any scientific anything to like no. explain away anything <laughs> in this book in fact like the whole mermaid transformation is kind of like done the same way I, I like when we read that one in alpha Purr's book it's like ah, it just kind of works you know like don't yeah, think about yeah. it it's just like dude come on it's like their their legs fuse together in water if they so choose to do that or something yeah like once their bodies hit they have to be nude obviously i mean i guess that goes without saying yeah um but- you don't want to fuse the genes in there. I, <laughs> yeah. Um, I guess, yeah, they, I guess it's exactly as you described. It's pretty stupid. Like, if their bodies touch water, they can fuse their legs and grow a tail over. So, basically, the, just the lower portions of their bodies completely transform. For for reason, you know, it's just they don't really give any reason as to why more people would need this ability to transform or have it. They just they just do, and it works like that. And every other merfolk that pops up in the story, you know, just has that ability. Even though some merfolk in the story are like, I don't ever want anything to do with the surface. Yeah, I I don't know. I mean, obviously, the idea of a mer person <laughs> makes no fucking sense. Um, well, yeah, of course, but you know. <laughs> But you know, at least some people try to like. Oh, it it was descended from when uh, thousands of years ago a person fucked an octopus. I don't know. Like, yeah, I I kind of wish she had given any reason for this happening, and she doesn't even attempt to explain how they can breathe air and water. I mean, there are animals that are amphibians, but <sighs> yeah, I mean, well, yeah. the the. Person human mermaid crossing thing kind of threw me for a loop even at the start of the book because the start of the book is uh fred walking in on her parents doing it like that's just the opener yeah, that she decided to go except with except it makes no sense because she's 29 years fred is 29 years old yeah and, she's and like yet, old enough and yet the the whole thing goes down as though she's like seven or 12 and walked in on her parents because it, it's just a bunch of like, oh, my God, ew, I can't believe my parents have sex. Like, dude, you're 29. Get I, over it. I mean, it. that's more like 15 that would maybe have that kind of reaction. A seven-year-old might just be like, well, you wrestle it or something. And you could just be like, yeah, totally. And then, you know, let that slide. But I mean, I guess that's true. Yeah. Yeah. She does have like a, a weirdly... Uh, combative and aggressive reaction to not only this but like a lot of things in the story in general she's yeah the the protagonist just kind of is shitty like i don't i don't see why anyone would um sympathize or empathize with the character i don't i don't see what's attractive about the protagonist it it just seems like she's cool because she's a mermaid and she's a a phd holding biologist like mm, suck it like okay (laughs) yeah i mean like really dumb i guess it's supposed to be like she's kind of 
written as if she's kind of witty or sarcastic and like has a lot of comebacks. But she's just a bitch. Know. She's just an antisocial yeah, bitch. In the, in the, in the, in I the mean, end, she's just really kind of mean and like derisive of people. Yeah, I actually want to very talk judgmental about how, too. Like super judgmental. Yeah, Sucks. Uh, well, I, first let, let me get. Oh, through the point I wanted to make about the opening scene with her walking in on her parents. It's her adoptive parents, or at least her mom. No, it's like her her mom and her stepdad. Right, so... Because her mom actually did have sex with a Murph person at some point. But in the at the beginning of the book, I wasn't sure how anything worked. So for like a couple of pages, and you corrected me on this eventually, but for a couple of pages, I wasn't sure whether her dad was a fish or not. I honestly don't know how you were confused about that. There's nothing that makes you think that. I think you were just assuming no, ma- that because of the subject matter. When of the book. when Fred walks in on them, she physically grabs her dad and like throws him across the room. Yeah, and I'm assuming like I don't have any know if mermaids have super strength or not. She's a small lady, and that if he was a human, he'd be pretty large of a dude to literally toss over a couch. Chris, did you read Is- this book at all? I did. Okay, because that's what happened. The book does explain that mermaids have super strength, and no, but not in the beginning. No, not in the beginning. That's true. So it wasn't Um, established yet, and there was a plausible. I think there was plausible deniability that Fred's mom was banging a fish. No, (laughs) I don't think there's any. I think I have no idea what you're talking about. I think it's very obvious that they're both humans. All right. Well, you know. Sorry, sorry, but anyway, uh, you know, I am kind of disappointed actually in in something related to that with this book. If I'm being honest, but we can continue a little bit further because you know the opening scene is like I said. Fred walks in on her parents, and then it's kind of like for no reason. I guess it's just to introduce everyone, and then like a scene later, this dude comes out of nowhere to find Fred at her parents' place. Yeah, so basically the opening scene is dumb, and then it moves into dumber territory where Fred's at work and meets this super hot scientist and this really annoying intern yeah, uh, uh, this the characters' names here would be Thomas Pearson for the hot scientist and Madison for the intern, and I have things to say about both. Yeah, of them. Yeah, th- thank you. Sorry, I I I'm terrible with remembering their names, but um, uh, that's what I'm here for. But continue. Yeah, and then and then Fred gets a phone call at work from her mom, and her mom's just like, "You need to get here right away. There's a there's a man who really needs to talk to you." Ugh. And Fred goes to her mom's house, breaks the door in. Yeah, she just like fucking kicks it in. Just yeah. no nonsense. Like breaks the glass, ruins everything because she's going to fight this guy who's in her mom's house. Like it just doesn't make any sense. I don't know why your first reaction wouldn't be, hey, maybe I should call the police if someone's threatening my mom. Like, why would you destroy your mom's door? Yeah, mom's gonna have to pay for that probably. Yeah, and then well, they're they're very wealthy anyway, right? So whatever. I, I don't I don't really remember if that was the case or not. Yeah, yeah, her parents are super wealthy. Um, her dad invented something stupid. I can't remember what it was. <laughs> yeah, he yeah, they, they, it was just kind of a toss away and, reason. Or for her dad, no, her dad's father, so her grandfather invented something really stupid, and they've just been riding the ro- the coattails of the royalties. Um, that's the American dream, right? Like, right. Let's be honest. Yeah, just live on the backs of what your your parents did, I guess. It works. That's terrible. Anyway. <laughs> Proven uh, true. And her mom is just kind of this, like, flowery hippie jerk-off that just also lives off the royalties of her husband, so whatever. 
Uh, sorry, I just don't like anybody in this book. All There's these really people no suck. one in this book that's like I, I enjoyed or like yeah. liked as a human. They're, they're all they don't really talk the way people do all the time. Like it's very bantery, but not in a human. Ba- I can't remember specific examples because it's been actually a couple of weeks since I read the book. But I do remember a couple of times as I was reading being like, that's. That doesn't sound like a thing people would say. Yeah, I'll, uh, I have this. I feel the same way. I feel like this author writes dialogue as though she's never heard two people just have a conversation. Uh, I can maybe she hasn't heard people have like actual funny convers, like actually witty conversations. I don't know. I'll, I'll, I can, I can does, read you a sample though. Um, sure, you know, hit me with it. Like I said, it kind of comes off in this trying to be bantery in like your funny screenplay you know romantic comedy type thing that just kind of it's funny sometimes in like a chuckly kind of way i'll admit that there was a one or two parts where i was like haha but it it was funnier than some other books that have tried to be funny i I think it was just bad and and only funny in like a dad joke kind of way where you're laughing not at the joke but at the person who dared to make this terrible joke I guess, kind of. Okay, I'm just going to read an example. So, Fred, stop it. You too, Sam. Mrs. Bim helped her husband to his feet and hustled him out of the living room. Then she turned on her daughter. Frederica, Mom, put yourself in my thins. Frederica Shea Bim. Mom, he was fucking my mother. He's a motherfucker. What would you have done? Like, come on. It's fucking terrible. (laughs) Like, I can't believe I decided to read that. it's real, like, bottom-of-the-barrel jokes that, like, if you have a idea of what is funny, like, it's, I guess if you don't consume a lot of other stuff that's more funny regularly, that would be like, oh, it's so clever, like, but it, the whole book is kind of that way. Yeah. It, 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 it's it's trying very hard to be sort of an irreverent, like, oh, everyone's sarcastic and catty and right, whipping at right. each other. And, but, and like, I, also, it, I also just hate how... She typifies people that are into marine science as, like, only two, like, you can only be these two things. You can be someone who always loved dolphins or someone who thought mermaids were real. Like, those are the only two kinds of people that become marine biologists. And that's just not true. I mean. And that's actually, it goes back to those two characters we mentioned, uh. Dr. Pearson, the hot uh, marine biologist type who just apparently like is really into mermaids. I wonder where this goes. And then <laughs> right. Madison, the intern, is just the dolphin lover. And like she's supposed to be kind of horrible because her parents are rich and they bought her the job at the aquarium through donations or something. Yeah, and I'm, ju- I'm just going to talk a little bit about, a- about why both of these characters make no sense in the context of marine biology and aquariums and marine science. So Go ahead. Uh, I have a lot to say about why they make no sense in other contexts. Yeah, yeah, right. So, so uh, in short, the uh, Madison, the intern, they they talk about how she's like running around the aquarium as an intern in heels, and also that, and also like just running around to like different departments, and that's not how internships at the New England Aquarium work. I've known several people that have interned and volunteered there, and first of all. You just don't wear heels at the New England Aquarium unless you. Is that like is that like a rule? Is like do you know if that's a rule or not? not or? It's not a rule. Well, in certain positions, it is a rule. Um, 
you know, like if you're if you're working with the animals behind the scenes, you can't wear heels. There, there's just you can't. Like, you're I, it's I, physical labor. You're working in enclosed spaces with um, wet surfaces, things all over the floor. Like, it just. I think the the author was trying to get across like a lot of these women because there's like another female doctor that comes in later to Dr. Barbara, I think is her name. And like they all kind of she gives them all this sort of like in a lab coat in heels authoritative sort of vibe in general. Yeah, I'm I'm going to tell you something right now. There there's no one that wears a lab coat at the New England Aquarium and no one wears heels unless they work in like sales behind a desk all day. Okay, well, like, you know, but how is she supposed to get the sexy vibe across, right? Because it's sleeping with the fishes. I'm just, and that so, like, I don't know. I'm just annoyed <laughs> because she starts off the book saying, like, oh, I did all this research. And yet, clearly, she did fucking nothing because nothing well, makes I any mean, sense. Do you expect her to, like, camp in the New England Aquarium and, like, ask people what they wear to work and stuff? Like, Honestly, if you just go there, if you just visit, you can see that nobody wears those I mean, if she had her wedding reception there i guess she could have seen that but maybe she thought there was like science people in the back that she didn't see that i mean were, we do cause, like, but like yeah because you there there is research done there right I and mean, the new england aquarium is primarily a research and conservation facility but even the people that do those things as far as i know <laughs> do not dress in lab coats and heels that's just not a thing uh, i don't know maybe they maybe they should start doing it really uh no. bring out no <laughs> Like, people that don't even work in the labs don't wear heels because it's just not smart because there's wet stuff tracked everywhere. And also, yeah, that would be my, that most would be my people, first concern as well. Yeah, most people don't just like sit at a desk and do nothing all day. So, anyway. Uh, and, and also, Thomas Pearson, the super hot biologist, he's supposed to be a quote, water fellow who is someone that just floats, ar- floats around different aquariums working on different projects. Good day, and like, chop by a water fellow while I die. Yeah, and like, so it's partially accurate. There are visiting researchers, um, but they're not called water fellows, to my I'm knowledge. Water fellow, to I my am. knowledge. Like, I could be. I could be crazy and wrong. Maybe the information Maybe. I've gotten from my secret sources is wrong, but I, I'm i pretty sure that's not a thing. Uh, Maybe that was her original name for merfolk. Yeah, maybe, maybe, and she was like, "Oh, that's too good to throw away." Yeah, yeah, she needed to use it somewhere. So, right. So here you go, hunky Doctor Pearson, who honestly, throughout the whole book, is kind of just a useless character. I mean, spoiler alert: he's uh, one of the prongs of a love triangle between Fred and her, and another character we'll talk about in a minute. Yeah, the guy that she came to like almost murder in her mom's house is the prince of mermaids, and he ends up wanting to do her. I don't know why. I, I, he gave me, like, in my head, I imagine him in a very Jason Momoa type of thing because he's supposed to have, like, long flowing hair and he's super tall and all this kind He doesn't of look anything like Jason Momoa. He's supposed to be tall, thin, like, bl- red-haired with, Listen, like, a close Paris, I put, you know, I'm putting specific people in my fantasies. You can't tell me what. <laughs> well, I can because the description is totally antithetical to Jason Momoa's physical description. I, I just kind of read long, dark-haired mermaid person and I was like, well, Jason Momoa's an Aquaman. That's, I'll just that's do that. Not what it says at all the guy has shorter like long-ish red hair but not long like you know kind of just i don't know medium length red hair and he's Listen, supposed Paris, to be thin let, and let white me have, let me have let me have my fantasy yeah okay, okay i'll let you think about fucking mer jason mermoa jason mermoa well, you know what i don't feel bad about revealing this early in the podcast but that shit doesn't even happen in this yeah book. There's, like, there's no there's mermaid not even sex. any 
there's no mermaid intercourse. And not that I'm necessarily out here looking for that, but if I'm buying a book called Sleeping with the Fishes that features mermaid protagonists and like wild, sexy antics, like what you you're not gonna give me that? You I, you're not gonna give me a little bit of that anywhere? No, like, I they make I agree. out a little bit. I agree. It, it makes it makes no sense. Like, why would you <laughs> why would you market a paranormal romance book without any paranormal romance in it? I mean, there's fucking in here, but it's between people. Like, it's, like, between people characters. Yeah, people characters that you wouldn't expect to... Anyway, it makes no fucking sense. I think maybe what she was trying to do is just to, like, build it up, because this is part of a, um... Uh... A, 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 a trilogy, thank you. Thank you, Brain. Okay. Uh, yes. So there's three books in this Mermaid Fred, the Mermaid series, so maybe she was saving the mermaid and fish sex for other books. I don't know. But I don't like that because, you know, I'm buying a certain kind of book. I expect a certain thing in it. If I'm buying some high fantasy novels, there better be a sword fight in there at some point or something of this nature. If I'm buying a book called (laughs) Sleeping with the Fishes featuring a lady mermaid, like, I better get some weird mermaid stuff happening. Like, Yeah, I I think that really she she just couldn't figure out how that worked because wouldn't it just be like... (laughs) Just save it for later. Just like, I'll figure it out next time. No, but like, think about it. There wouldn't be any intercourse if their lower half of their bodies are, are fish then they would just lay a clutch of eggs and then the male would come and fertilize it like there's no intercourse maybe mermaid sex is just mad boring (laughs) like yeah it would be it would be a lot of making out egg laying and then semen being squirt squirted over the eggs and that's it like that's what it would be i'm sure a good writer could make that hot enough if they were that good somehow no no it's not this lady Uh, i think i think the real answer to why is there no mermaid sex is that she was like oh yeah that would be not a thing there's no such thing but they can still turn into humans right with the appropriate human bits oh you're right i guess they could have sex as humans on land but they wouldn't have i mean but then again that's also never clarified if the human bits are the same or not like they don't really go into that at all i'm assuming yes yeah i think they are and i also that's the other reason why why a mer a mermaid who can turn into a person and vice versa makes no sense because like your inner organs would also have to transform constantly, which is insane. You know, you just turn that liver into a fish lung by... <laughs> right, right, yeah. For reasons. Yeah, and that, Maybe, and that vagina you know, and uterus just gets, I don't know, fucking swallowed up by your abdomen, I guess. It, it, it just kind of closes up on its... Like, oh, it's still God. there, because you know, it can still bear young or whatever, but it's just kind of closed up. You have It's hard to access, you know? Oh, Jesus. Anyway... <laughs> We're oh, not talking about God. the mechanics of fish fucking. Yeah, um, I mean, and like, I'm not an expert. I'm not a marine biologist, but I know. <laughs> oh, you're not a fish fuck expert? <laughs> I didn't know you had a, you didn't have a degree in fish fuck. We might not be qualified to describe no, and uh, talk about this book. And that's what I'm saying. I'm not, I'm not a marine biologist. I don't have a great degree in marine science, but I do know many people who are both of those things. Um, so it, it's kind of, yeah, I, I, th- I think... I think it's uh, can fine. I meet your your fish sex expert friend? Uh, like, yeah. Who's that friend? <laughs> oh, I can. Okay, cool. Yeah. Um. Because maybe we can ask them questions about this and see if they can come up with a plausible way for the mermaids to. You know what? I should ask. I do know. I do know somebody who is. Uh, who please, has worked? Please at... walk up to your friend. Please walk up to your friend and just deadpan ask them like, do you, "How do you think mermaids would fuck?" Like, no, I, really... I think I will. Uh, I think I will. Okay, anyway, uh, I'm too bad I didn't do it before we recorded this. But um, yeah. Let's get back to the plot. So, oh yeah, uh, Thomas Pearson and Madison is what we were on. Right. So Madison so is any... a ditzy intern. Thomas is a visiting researcher. 
Um, and he's working on the heightened toxicity levels in Boston Harbor that mm-hmm. Fred has also noticed um, or hasn't Th- noticed. I'm sorry. The the prince, the mer prince has also noticed increased toxicity levels in Boston Harbor, even though he's from the Black Sea, which is on the other fucking side of the world. I believe um, there's even like miles of land in between for him to like have to, like I guess he could swim through a river into the ocean or something like that, too. But, yeah, I don't know. Maybe he has some like hyper sea toxin sensing ability as well he said that he said that traveling mer people had told him about it um but it just doesn't like the timeline doesn't make sense because you know spoiler alert the uh toxins in the harbor had been created by a nearby hotel on the waterfront that had only been built like relatively recently i think yes super recently So it it, it doesn't make sense. Like if somebody was swimming in Boston Harbor, went all the way to the Black Sea, which I mean, probably took like a year or something. Um, I don't know how fast mermaids can swim. Maybe they have like crazy propelling ability. They never really got into that either. No, because the, the prince talks about how it took him a long time to get there. Because he had to swim all the way from the Black yeah, Sea. Yeah, and fr- I do remember Fred talking about how the hotel was finished super recently. I forget exactly how long, but it didn't make sense to me either. Yeah, the, the, so this book suffers from poor plot development. Um, you know, even if you have a stupid plot, at least come up with a way to make it make sense. This book does not do that. Yeah, there's, I mean, it's like kind of really thin. Like the, the only thing in the, that happens in the book is like, oh, we found out there's toxins in the river. And then at the very last minute, it all wraps up in a way that doesn't really even solve the problem. Because what's happening is that there's like a, a sewer pipe that's not pro- properly piped into sewage treatment or something. It's just spilling shit out into the harbor. Literal shit. There's they a- like to they like to emphasize that in the book constantly. Oh, my God. It's actual human feces. Like, okay. I mean, right. aren't we kind of doing that already a little? I mean, I know this like treatment plants outside of boston on the harbor and stuff like that that i'm assuming most stuff gets pumped to but like someone somewhere is pooping into the no river no that's i would be very surprised if that was still happening everything gets sent to the deer island treatment plant uh and then processed and sent back clean. but like how, do, how also how do you get that by an inspector right like, right how, how it, does, ma- yeah. it makes no sense like obviously somebody would be like huh looks like there's literally shit coming out of that hotel mm, i don't know i guess i'll just walk by this like or, or like you know i'm assuming the inspector has to come by to make sure the sewer lines are properly connected up and it's yes. not like you're gonna build the sewer lines only to disconnect them after you've got the inspection passed yeah, or something and i don't like, know the aha my evil plan to shit in boston harbor has finally come to a fore yeah and i don't even think that that would save you that much money like to be honest yeah, what is it saving you like a couple of meters or maybe like a mile of pipe like uh, yeah i don't get it it doesn't make any sense and then it, it's it's suggested that the mob guys are like i don't know maybe they maybe the mob guys who are in cahoots with the hotel owner somehow bribed the uh like i don't know boston housing com- not housing but like the building commission or something i yeah. don't know it doesn't really it, make any sense it, that's also really glossed over because, again, I don't mind talking about this book out of order because there's not much of a plot to it. But here's the whole thing. Basically, Fred's a bitch to everyone. These two guys show up and all of a sudden she feels kind of tingly about them. Some stuff happens. They find out there's shit in the water. They go and find the guy that like authorized it and they kill him and the end. Oh, the only things you really forgot are the side plot of Fred's best friend 
uh, being in love with her boss and then they fuck uh, and also the the one sex scene in the book is between those two characters yeah and also the mermaid prince and this researcher are super hot about Fred and they just she takes turns like making out with each of them in various settings and I I also thought that was fucked up and like she doesn't Eh. really seem to like either of them but she enjoys the attention it's, 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 it's it's another one of those romance novel things where it's like, oh, they, they have to know that I want them without me telling them. That's really what I, you know, that's really what she's into throughout this whole thing is that she does you know, she acts like she doesn't want them around, but she's totally actually fine with it once they're aggressive about it. And she kind of seems to enjoy it, too. Yeah, which is fucked up in a variety of ways. But we've already addressed that in other podcasts, so I don't I don't yeah, need to belabor the point. We don't have to go over it all again, but it is just, again, a common theme in a lot, even like written by women apparently that you know oh just because she's being one way to you doesn't mean she actually doesn't want it you know a real man would be aggressive and pursue her to like overcome or or at least you know he just knows that or something like that i don't know what the logic is man yeah it's dumb and the only reason either guy likes her is because she's a mermaid so yeah it doesn't necessarily seem to be about her personality nope like the researcher guy can see her hair color or something which is apparently like most people can't see her real hair color but that's this guy can yeah or once it, her hair is, once again just reasons yeah her hair is naturally green but everyone thinks it's blue except for her best friend and the man who loves her and it's like okay this is really there's, stupid yeah, again there's no real reason for that to be the case like they never explain like oh because you just like her that much or like you're compatible for each other and so, like it's not even that it's just like oh these people can see it because because i don't know it serves for some kind of dramatic irony no, I don't. It's not dramatic irony because she's talking about it in the book. Dramatic irony would be if like we knew something. I'm, the I'm just reaching for like why. The, like it doesn't even matter. Don't, for don't any reach, reason. Chris. It's there's nothing there. There's nothing to reach for. <laughs> okay, sure. Uh, mo- uh, moving on. Let's talk about yeah how the how the whole plot culminates in something that makes no sense too. So like they get into a gunfight with the guy who built the hotel. And dumped shit into the river because there's mob people there and they have guns or something. Right. Who happens to be – so the guy that built the hotel, he uh, is Fred's boss's ex-husband. And the reason that he built the hotel in the harbor was specifically to get back at her and to ruin the harbor that she loves so much. Yeah, like – Yeah, what? like the most petty human being alive (laughs) seems like really, really far to to go to like spite your ex-wife when it's – I mean it affects her I guess because she does care about the harbor or whatever. But it's like it's not like you did it to her property or like – it's really far to go. Yeah. And it's it's like even a dumb plan at that because I guess since it worked and he was able to do it and get the pipe – into the water then yeah it worked but in normal human reality again like an inspector probably wouldn't let any of that fly without actually seeing it connected first and then what's the financial sense of it you're just kind of screwing yourself over maybe yeah it makes zero sense yeah i mean my biggest problem actually not to interrupt (laughs) you sorry but my hugest problem that i have about this is that oh my god i can't believe you just said that sorry what continue what what no what did i say you said hugest Oh, well, I I don't know. Anyway, I don't I'm not a good word guy. Anyway, (laughs) my problem with the the way it's resolved is that, okay, they go in there, they get in a gunfight. The dude gets killed. I forget how some gun shoots him from someone's hand. I don't whatever. But 
he dies and that's it. They don't. It's not like they go and then report it to the city that this is happening. No, I'll, I'll explain what happens. So what actually happens is they like just walk into the building and they're like, we're we have a message from blah, blah, blah's ex-wife. And the secretary is like, oh, certainly I'll let you ride up. Like what? And so they go up there. <laughs> And they crash a meeting with the mob that this guy... I can't even remember this guy's name. Like, I honestly can't. It was just very what? generic. and it, He was literally in the book for, like, 30 pages tops. What? He was literally in the book for, like, 30 pages tops. Yeah, and, and by page, again, we're being generous. This is a yeah. large print, lots of space between lines and big margins kind of book. Um, it's really just, like, a glorified short story that could probably only fill a handful of word document pages but uh anyway so they they crash this meeting and uh the mob guys just leave which is weird yeah that's kind of uh, hilarious they're like ah we're not dealing with this you can go fucking go yeah because they they talk about they describe all the men sitting at the table as though they have a bulge in their armpits and i was like what the fuck does that mean but apparently it's the holster, it's, it's the holster yeah that, but that, I, that's under I didn't the coat. i i just didn't think that made sense like what there, there's like uh, there's like undershirt holsters like that that are like really high up like that uh you know oh yeah i mean i know i know there are but it was just a strange way to describe people um it, you know trying to make them sound like aggressive gangsters that right. don't even stick around to do the function that they would have yeah in a, in i was a, like in a scene in a book yeah i was like, like don't put the gangsters there if you're not going to use them like there's no reason for them to be in the room like, right and that that was the thing that made no sense so they spent they spend this sentence or two describing how tough and uh armed these gangsters are and then they just leave so anyway that you know uh the fred and the prince and the um researcher storm in and the mob guys leave and they have this awkward confrontation with this guy and the guy pulls a gun on them and everyone hides and then the prince like breaks his neck and then they all leave and yeah like chris said they just don't report it to the police or tell anyone and they're like well i guess this is fine like yeah it's like 10 pages later the book ends kind of abruptly and it's not like Okay, so you killed him, but maybe he was the only guy that had any knowledge of how to, like, put what, where to fix it. Like, it's not like because the everyone's boss died that they now they have to fix the boss's mistake. I They could just install someone else. That, I'm assuming there's a board that constructed this hotel. It wasn't just him. Yeah. So, you know, someone somewhere is going to take his position of power. And who's to say they won't just continue doing this? Or right, it doesn't, how it, would they even know it's, it was happening? There's not, no yeah. actual resolution besides the guy that did it that was a mean jerk died. So I guess that's enough. Yeah. And like a hotel like that would have security cameras. And obviously the secretary let them up there. So she would know exactly what these people looked like who were in the room when this yeah, guy they just was walk murdered. Out. They're just like, it's just done. And like, they discovered, like they don't even talk about discovering the body or anything. It's just assumed that they got away with it. Yeah. It, it makes no sense. Um, <laughs> uh, it, I forgot what else. Oh yeah. I was uh, sorry. I also wanted to mention, I, I think that maybe you forgot about this uh, too, but Thomas Pearson, the researcher. So he's a floating researcher uh, and also a, romance novelist under a female pen name yeah sure, so he's yeah. massively wealthy uh Be- you know because yeah like, sure that, that's a, it's also like a really irrelevant thing to add that i don't like why bother 
He couldn't he just be a scientist? There's no reason. Like, why? Uh, I think the author just wanted to, like, jerk herself off and be like, yeah, writing romance novels under a pen name fucking pays the bills. Like, okay, we get it. Shut up now. <laughs> That's a really weird thing to want to jerk yourself off about. <laughs> well, but, she like, does, because guess- at the beginning of the book, uh, in her thanks section, she's like, oh, from my husband who did tons of research for this project uh, and who loves that I make more money than he does. Yeah, come on, lady. Whoa, do, you, lady. Do, you, do you really have to like add that jab in there? Yeah, like, chill the fuck out. We get it. Fuck, he's helping you and doing his research and stuff, and you you have to just kind of cut him down a little bit. Oh yeah, and I, I wish think that's you the were whole... a mermaid, buddy. Yeah, <laughs> I think that's the whole reason that she put that part in the book. Um, I mean, that's just conjecture, but you know. Yeah, yeah, but it's just again these really weird additional details. Maybe it comes up later in the series that like, oh, he. His romance novel history gives him primo fucking abilities because he knows how to write it. He knows how to do it. With I don't, <laughs> I don't know. Maybe that's the implication or something. Um, like, oh, he if he can write them good, he can yeah. do them good. I, I, I think, think. I think so. Let's go back to talking about the weirdness of Fred's best friend Jonas. Jonas, I have a lot to say yeah. about Jonas. I have a lot to say about this character because uh, they have this sort of rapport between each other that they're both catty, shitty at each other, and they just kind of make fun. Like he calls her a bitch all the time, but it's, uh, she like laughs about it, which is fine. Whatever. Yeah. Some friends yeah. have that that banter or whatever, but it just seems like they're mean to each other all the time. Yeah, it's weird, and I don't really understand. I mean, I guess the reason that she painted the character this way to be was to be like. Hey, don't be judgmental and assume things about people, but it was just really weird. I don't I don't know why she needed to do that. Um, Chris, do well, you want I, to explain the, what I'm talking about? Yeah, so this character is kind of there is some sort of I don't know how to describe it, but it's like Okay, he's just very flamboyant, or he comes off as flamboyant, kind of, yeah, not he's, in like he's, a lispy speech way, but like in a, he likes scented candles and fashion and patterns, and he likes to shop for people and do makeovers for them. But he's straight. Oh, wow, that's so different. Yeah, like, so they, they basically, like, she, the author paints um, this character with a stereotypical gay brush. Like, that's what she does. She just gives him a nice big coat of, hey, you know all this stuff that stereotypical gay dudes like? Yeah, I'm gonna, this character's gonna be all about that, but he's straight. So, like, I think it's actually kind of a shitty disservice to people who are gay because it's it's like like yet another character who is stereotypical and not a real fleshed out person yeah, it, it's like a really cheap way i think to get out of like the c- criticism you might get for having that kind of a character in there yeah like just having the the gay guy that oh he's really into shopping and makeovers and then oh but he's straight so it's fine you know i'm, I'm being creative and subversive and really no yeah it, yeah because he, he doesn't really have much to his character besides that like oh he's he does the stereotypical gay dude stuff but he ain't that's it he actually likes uh, he's into the yeah. he's into Fred's boss because he's actually straight. And there's a confusing dating scene where oh she goes out with them because she thinks he's trying to help her get laid from other from straight dudes, but she thinks he's gay. But oh he's really actually dressing her up nice for himself. Kind of it's not creepy, I would say, but like I think it's creepy because if, if somebody took me out on the pretext of like oh this is just a friends thing and then was looking he at me he doesn't take her out on that no he assumes it's a date it's her that's making the assumption that it's not uh, 
I don't right? know. Like, I just he, think he, does, he doesn't say anything to the effect that it's not that he's very excited when they're about to go out because he's assuming that. And it's basically the uh, Dr. Barb, Fred's boss, who assumes he's gay and assumes it's platonic. If I was in that situation and like I was assuming a lady f- knew I was straight or, for whatever reason, but I offered to take her out to do that, I would assume it's kind of a date thing because if you accepted that from a straight dude, then there's that sort of implication, I suppose. But it's a weird situation all around in that who, whose fault is it? I don't think it's anyone's fault, really. I mean, No, just, I, well, I just think that they're supposed to be two adults, and I feel like it would play out differently in the maybe, real world. Maybe, but like, do you, I don't ask people, oh, are you actually gay? I assumed, like, there's actual people in my life that, like, I think might be, but I just don't ask because it's none of my Oh, business. no, of, of course. Um, but... I just think it's weird that Jonas seems to be totally unaware of the fact that people think that. And I feel like you would be pretty self-aware um, because people would probably I, have called you gay your whole life because I mean, people he, are horrible. That does ha- he does mention like getting picked. Like That's how, how Fred and he met is like he was getting picked on by people and Fred just kind of saved his ass one time right so So he's probably self-aware of that and you're right that he should probably then extend that to like oh most ladies who accept my offer for a makeover might think that i'm gay because of this right yeah you're totally 100 right about that but in the end like it it really is on the person assuming i would uh, i would say I, who I, that's a weird question i guess like who is there really anyone it's just a misunderstanding really i mean in, in my mind it's not a misunderstanding i think that you know, in the book, you, because these characters are poorly written, sure, it's a misunderstanding. But I think in real life, if you know that most people assume, like, yeah, oh, you're gay, pro- it's like he's kind of taking advantage of the situation. I think, I think again, if this were real people and not these yeah, horrible fake you're people. Prob- you're probably right about that. I'm, You know, I'm assuming someone somewhere this situation has played out in some fashion. I don't know. It's dumb. Just because let's, it, let's it, stop just because talking it could about happen this. doesn't dumb. mean, yeah. Yeah, it it really is dumb all around, but but again, this is like the only actual quote unquote romance. I mean, there's the making out between Fred and the two other guys, but this is the only relationship that ends in any like in in anything, even if it's just a quick fuck scene, like really late in the book that didn't have to be there. It was just like I think Jonas like had something that Fred needed, and like the fact that he was at their apartment to do her boss was just coincidental no 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 no. what happened was um they finally i think through fred's intervention uh the doctor and um jonas finally like they finally came together because they both happened to be at work with fred and they finally were like oh man we're both so dumb we didn't realize we liked each other like we didn't realize and and then they're like all right let's go do it and so they take the keys to (laughs) thomas pearson's rented fancy hotel suite at the marriott i think and they yeah, real go, generous of everyone to just be like yeah you can use my hotel room to fuck yeah ahead. Like, and yeah, yeah and so they go back real there right there those are real pals i have to yeah. say so they go back there and have sex and it's mercifully a short sex scene um, it's like 10 pages of this very largely printed fonted book you know yeah so i will say i uh, it was so bad like on one page the author describes rumbling balls twice. 
<laughs> you know, those old ball rumbles. <laughs> Look, man, I'm you got to watch I'm not out a, for them. So, like, you I'm know, not a guy, you, you, but I have many, many male friends in my life. I have a boyfriend and I asked a couple people. I was like, hey, would you ever describe <laughs> yeah. your balls as rumbling? And they all looked at me like I was nuts. And they were like, no, what the fuck? Did so, you, I mean, did you give them the context? Did you like because the context is the ball rumbling, I believe, happens shortly before orgasm is sort of it's the it's the moment where you're like, oh, shit, it's going to happen, which yeah, you know, but- is a thing that dudes <laughs> do like, you know, about ten, five to ten seconds before it happens. You know, oh, shit is about to happen. Well, yeah, but- it happens the same way for women. But let me tell you, there's no rumbling in either case. Yeah, I would never describe it as a rumbling. It's just a specific kind of muscle tense tension. Yeah, right. Like you There's just no. I don't feel any like ball quakes or you know. <laughs> they start knocking around at each other. Like if you're not careful, they'll fucking. It's like yeah, those it's, uh, it's momentum things that you see on people's desks. Oh movies. yeah, yeah. <laughs> the ball but, quake. But, I like that. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's just it, it's one of those like. It's not a particularly well-written or exciting sex scene. Like, I don't nope. know if you've ever actually read anything in text form that has gotten you going or no, not. No, no. Okay, that, so that doesn't work for you ever? No. Okay, well, I mean, it, it, there's things that I have read that have worked for me, let's say. And oh, this, God, I just it. didn't need to hear that. <laughs> sorry, I, sorry, I'm listeners. Trying, I'm trying to, like, get out where we're coming from here. <laughs> You know, <laughs> our opinions on sex scenes. And, normally, I hate sex scenes in books because yeah, it, they're just, just like, it, they're useless. Like, I prefer the fade out most of the time of like, and then they went to bed the next morning. Like, you know, that's good yeah. enough for me most of the time. I, I think that's the best way to convey that is to be like, well, they held hands and walked into the blackened bedroom and then the door shut. Moving on. Why um, is the bedroom blackened? Jeez. What? You could leave the light on, you know. But you know what I mean. It's kind of, like yeah, you said, sure. sort of a fade I know, out I know. thing. Just, I, I just like that in your mind, you always assume the bedroom is dark. Um, or your I default just, your default positioning is that it's a dark room. No, I was literally thinking of like a fade out. You know, you're fading to black. Oh, okay. You know, they're walking right, yes. into the bedroom and it's it's black. Okay, you so know. yeah, we're, we're being cinematographers here. I get it. Okay. Yes. Uh, but uh, I mean, I, that, this kind of goes to this. Uh, another question I kind of wanted to ask you about this is like, so we've kind of laid out the plot. There's really not much more to this. There's like a couple of points that I want to harp on, but while sure. we're here. Um, so this is a book that this lady wrote. I'm assuming she likes to write these kinds of books because she's written a whole lot of them or, you know, at least she's successful enough to continue to write them. And they are successful. She, in some fashion, she's on the New York Times bestseller list or has been for some one of her other books. <laughs> And, you know, even though both of us, like, you know, there's nothing here for us, someone somewhere must be into that. Someone somewhere must want to read about mermaids getting it on or something, right? Yeah. So, like, I guess the simplest way to ask is, like, it's it's okay for this book to exist, right? Do you, like, do, is, there's no problem with that? I, that's the question I kind of want to get down to on, on a lot of these things on Terrible Book Club is, like, is there merit in this thing being out there? Um, I mean, I'm just going to state a pretty classical notion, but, you know, you can't have good without the bad. So, yeah, I think this thing needs to exist because I think other things need to shine, you know, in comparison like to it. Like um, you, need, you need that shadow of terrible books yeah. to really appreciate the uh, the good books out there. Well, that's it's, a, it's yeah, true. Sure, that's I mean, a, how, how could you ever rate, you know, the how good something is if there isn't 
something bad. I mean, if everything's good all the time, then... Oh, I'm not saying, like, everything should be good all the time. I'm saying, like, is it fine that this was a published work? You know, that there, yeah. so a company I mean, backed it. Yeah, sure. I mean, obviously, they made some money off of it, and she must enjoy it. Like, so there's some value in it being around, right? Like, the, some people must have gotten enjoyment out of it, even if we're ragging on it in here right now in this podcast, which... I tend to like to think of Terrible Book Club as more sort of analyzing why something doesn't work and how we can improve it rather than just simply ragging on people for the sake of ragging on Yeah, them. I mean, obviously, the, um, well, well, it's something that we uncovered in doing this podcast is that the subgenre of paranormal romance is incredibly popular. Um, I told you that I, I have a friend who used to be an intern at a publishing house, and she actually now works at a major publishing house, and, um... I think the major one now, they don't, uh, I don't think they handle stuff like this, but the place that she interned, you know, they, she had to like look up, um, what books were trending and stuff. And like, I guess this shit is part, I guess there are just a lot of people whose, um, lives are unfulfilling in a sexual and romantic way. And that's really sad. Uh, I wouldn't. But, I mean, I wouldn't say that that's the case like a hundred percent of the time with people that are into this kind of a thing. I, I would say absolutely. I can't imagine any other reason for wanting to read these things. Uh, I mean, just because. Well, here's the thing: like, you can't expect one person to give you everything that you need in life, no matter who it is. Like, it's kind of. I th- I find it kind of unreasonable to expect that there's going to be one person in your life that will provide you all of your needs like without fail uh, some well, things are going to slip here I, I sure i i just think that if we get into this conversation it's going to make the podcast twice as long as it already is and we're almost yeah, at an uh, hour yeah i'm so. not trying to like a uh, harp on but it's just my opinion that it's it's not reasonable for to expect someone to give you everything you need in life because that's pressure on that person if anything like in not that it's it's necessarily a thing about, oh, all relationships are based on what's something you need from another person. I think people should be independent parties regardless. But it, I don't think it's right to assume that, oh, because someone's into this, that they're sexually frustrated necessarily. Probably, maybe, yeah, sure, probably I'll give you that, but not necessarily in all cases. Maybe this is a weird way to work out someone's, like, body dysmorphia issues about their own human body. Like, they wish they were a mermaid because they're so beautiful and elegant or something like that yeah sure may- um maybe even in a creepy way like the like the animal transformation stuff is like a way to deal with people being attracted to non-human forms in <laughs> sort of a healthy yeah. way like because that's a thing that can happen like e- even if you don't want that to happen in your brain it, it, it can be a thing that just what, triggers you no or, sure or whatever, sure say. um so I'll, I'll say my piece about this i mean maybe i just think that the majority of people reading this stuff are looking for some kind of romantic and sexual escape. And that's fine. And if, if these books help people do that, that's great. Um, what about if it's just spicing it up, though? What if their partner's also into it and they role play out their, you know, mermaid stuff together? Uh, yeah, I mean, that's hilarious. Ideas. I didn't think about that. That's hilarious. Uh, I hope there are people fucking in bathtubs with mermaid tails. I hope I hope that they have do, a great you know, time. Honestly, honestly, I do, too. That sounds <laughs> like if that works for you, then fuck. Everyone deserves to do what makes them feel good in a in the in the context sure. of two sane rational adults deciding but um this. <laughs> but I'm, I'm just gonna comment on your other piece is that you're saying you know you can't expect one person to be everything for you i mean i think that that's fine but i think that that can be taken to an unhealthy level um i think sure. that sure you know if you're if you're the kind of person that's looking for you know 
one monogamous partner, which is most people, um, you know, I'll out myself, which is me, you know, I'm, I have a normal relationship, I guess. Um, I think it is good to not let yourself get into uh, a rut where you're like, oh, this, this person is my everything. And if I don't have them, I'll die. Like, obviously you're not going to die. You might be super fucking sad, but like you as an yeah. organism are a separate thing. And, you know, while, while this person does enrich your life, you can't base everything on it. That, that being said, I, I do think that if you're, if you're in a relationship with someone, they should, um, kind of cover all the necessary bases, you know? Um, sure. I'm not saying that like, you know, they should care about you and respect you and communicate with you and all that thing. I'm just saying that it, sometimes a, a person that you like for all kinds of reasons just might not have one thing, one other thing that you also kind of might want out of some. And it's your decision basically whether to cut that off and like just live right. with what you have and that's fine. Or maybe there's other avenues to explore it that the other partner is okay with. And maybe that's a book about mermaids fucking. Right. Like and maybe. That's not necessarily an unhealthy or bad no, thing. No, no, no. Like, opinion. yeah. Like maybe you just like really want to do a fucking bathtub role play session about mermaid sex and your partner's like, no so you find mary Janice davidson sleeping with the fishes and it helps alleviate that pain i get it um i don't even call it pain just whatever yeah yeah uh whatever you want to call it but um yeah yeah i don't know i mean yeah i think there's value (laughs) value in this book existing but i don't think there's any value in its content like i think this book sucks um i think it's poorly written it's not (laughs) as funny as everyone everyone that has reviewed it and as the author likes to think it is yeah like Uh, here's definitely a part that we you know we were we were disagreeing for a second there now we've come back and together on in unity on this that this book is just kind of like it's not contributing anything to the overall even i guess the paranormal romance genre not that i read a ton of that but i've read enough to know that like it's not necessarily anything new or fancy or interesting and it's it's definitely not as funny like you said as the reviewers that are on the front of the book and that have written reviews for this seem to think i don't know what those people think is funny or uproariously witty like some might have said yeah hang on hang on i gotta just say fuck you chicago sun times and fuck you (laughs) detroit free press you are fake news you're you're just yeah right you're just not i mean the chicago sun times says a darkly comic sensibility like no no it's, it's not dark it's just like no. jerky like everyone's just shitty to each other it's not right. dark it's and, just and, asshole. The, and the fucking detroit free press says her prose zings from wisecrack to wisecrack like no it doesn't it's I, this isn't even prose this is garbage <laughs> yeah you. i think someone that's just like on the book review squad just was like i need to just get something out right now oh it was one funny thing whatever i'll just i need to get this out here because i <sighs> Again, like I, it, it, it does. Even though it doesn't contribute anything to the overall uh, sphere of literature or whatever, I guess it's a good. Like I said, that it exists for, to help people out that might be into this fantasy, or just you know, for something for someone to read to chill out with. Well, yeah, maybe... or or is it going to encourage people to try to have sex with fish? I don't know. Like I, I don't, fucking yeah, hope hopefully not. Hopefully not that. <laughs> like I think that that would be a gross mis- <sighs> misinterpretation of this book. I don't think at any at any point they advocate that. <sighs> But no, like, but I don't know. Um, it's, it's like, oh yeah, there this are, isn't. There the are some other th- most terrible book that we've read. No, I'll it's definitely it. not because largely because of its brevity. I'm gonna say that right now. Yeah, yeah, it, it kind of knows when to get out. I would say. <laughs> yeah, it knows. It, it, knows it knows when to pull stuff. out just at the right moment. <laughs> um, but I do want to say that we we missed a couple of things. I guess I don't yeah, want to yeah. prolong this, but um, there there's like an underlying subplot 
that um, the fish in the... I'm just going to call it what it's actually called. In the giant ocean tank at the New England Aquarium are on food strike because uh, no one will play the Pet Shop Boys for them. (laughs) Yeah, the fish are fucking so into the Pet Shop Boys that they refuse to eat until they hear that beat. Yeah, so I'm gonna I'm gonna address a few things. So <laughs> first of all, fish don't even really like the pet shop boys. <laughs> <laughs> well, first of all, um, there are decibel um, restrictions in the New England Aquarium. So you got that inside knowledge. I know, dude. I know, I know, I know too many people that work there and volunteer and intern <laughs> there. Uh, so there are decibel restrictions because. Loud noises can injure a lot of the animals in there. So I don't even think that you can get music up loud enough to really impact the denizens of the giant ocean tank. Um, so that makes even, no sense. Do they, do they play music in the aquarium? I haven't been there in a while. I don't think they're no, playing. No, they, like... no, they don't play music. But um, there are decibel levels for um, like the talks that go on at the top of the tank and also for... Um, any events that are held in the in the main building so you know if people want to have music at an event there's they can only play it i I think up to uh, i don't i don't know the actual levels i mean i'm not i'm not like that into into the in the in the inside knowledge that you know fact checky around this right but 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 you're right that it's like it's this weird subplot just where like oh yeah the fish really want to hear the pet shop boys and i guess that's supposed to be funny or whatever like that's supposed but to be it's not it's stupid thing. and it doesn't make any sense and and it just bothers me that this woman who supposedly did so much research is like peddling all this kind of misinformation almost you know i know it's a fantasy book but and like she, who's it really hurting to think that they play music in the aquarium like that's not gonna cause some kind of terrible catastrophe to occur where if someone goes into the aquarium and plays the pet shop boys real loud no, I don't know I just, now the fish died. Well, well like, yeah, I, I I don't know. I do think about this stuff like that because then some idiot is going to be like, oh, man, I'm going to blast this album for my pet fish and then fucking explode all the fish. Like, <laughs> It he, got too – the drop was too strong. Like, he thought his fish were into dubstep and then, yeah, and then a horrible thing happened. Yeah, like I don't know. Um, and, and there were there were some other stuff like she was talking about – um, how all the fish get the same food, and it's only one kind of fish called smelt, and that's also not true. Um, yeah, a lot of the animals get different, uh, different food based on what they are and where they're from. I mean, a lot of them do get um, smelt, capelin, and uh, sardines, and I think some other stuff. But like, do you know if they're hand fed by divers and stuff too? Like uh, some so so the fish. <laughs> A lot of the animals are fed in different ways. So some of them are just kind of like, you know, they'll scatter some food and a lot of the different fish will just eat in, you know, Mm -hmm. kind of like how you would feed your fish in a fish tank. Um, But many of them are target trained. um, And so really that company trains fish. Yeah, so you can train, you can target train fish. So there are a <laughs> lot of them. Jo- you missed my joke about a retail company training fish. Okay, oh, well, sorry. Keep going, keep and anyway, uh, <laughs> some of the fish are trained that like when they see a red circle, they they know to come to eat, and that like another fish will be trained to like see a green rectangle or something. I don't know. I okay, mean, I'm not sure. I'm not super up on the exact. Sure. Yeah, I things, get what you're but... talking about. You know, whenever they see the target logo, they know savings are ahead. Oh my gosh, shut up, Chris. Like... <laughs> uh, but um, uh, you know, so yeah, and, and some didn't... of them are uh actually I don't I don't know about 
being hand fed not in the giant ocean tank i don't think i don't know i mean again i'm not an expert yeah um, we're not gonna i don't that, feed but fish it, but it's definitely so. not all of them just like someone dives in and like feeds them all. also like she dives into the tank at night when no one's around just completely naked right which is not around which makes no sense because there's a constant security detail at the new england aquarium and there are cameras so like why would you do that that makes no someone sense. someone would see you swimming around with your tits out in the thing like yeah uh, the uh, uh the security does, does guard she not have the, the the mermaid seashell bra isn't that like standard issue no for, you know no okay i guess not um but yeah i mean there's there's security around the clock there and cameras so i have no idea why you would think that that makes sense and also it, i love how she talks about like a secret entrance near the harbor seals out front that doesn't exist um yeah, it's it's weird. The book makes it out like the aquarium's abandoned at night because her like yeah. the way, what happens is Doctor Thomas Pearson or whatever actually goes in that night too and sees her in the tank and that's how he like figures it out and he becomes so fascinated with her and all this shit. But like, we, no building that like that is just going to be unattended at night, right? With a bunch of valuable animals and research things happening, yeah. Just with no one in there, I don't think so. Yeah, so a lot of things in this book make no sense, and I also just want to quickly talk about how she tries to make it super Boston, like, this yeah, is taking very, like, place in Boston, guys. She was walking down Calm Ave and got off the tea, and then she got a donkeys and, you know, <laughs> got addicted to opiates outside. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's that's a harsh one, Chris. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm Boston um, Burns over here. But no, she's, she constantly talks about how they eat at the legal seafoods across the street from the aquarium, and that that is there, you know, any of you who have... I mean, you can Google Maps that, come on. Yeah, and and that's what I mean. I feel like the, quote, research she did was just looking at Google Maps. Like, that's... That's yeah, she like mentions specific Boston streets here and there, and she mentions a tea pass once, and like, oh yeah, you do call it a tea pass over here, so that's like sort of colloquially, colloquially correct. Yeah, there were and, some other things, but I can't really remember. There uh, was a, like a, a part where someone said "wicked hard" or something like yeah, that. Yeah, I think you know, so. just had to throw one, but it was like once, and then no one ever said it again. Like, she just remembered that one time she saw The Departed that night. It was like, oh, yeah, they say Wicked over there. Let's get that. Yeah, and, and like, there are other things, like, about how um, the folk have lower body temperatures or something. So they're, they don't feel cold as often. Um, and, like, the, so the prince and Fred were just walking around in a T-shirt and shorts in 60-degree weather. Oh, my God. And I was like that's not even cold <laughs> like, yeah it's not what? that bad even in boston you i've totally i was outside in a t-shirt days ago i was on jeans at that time but it was like 60 outside i was like yeah just a t-shirt i'm fine yeah it was we I, I feel like she said it was 60 degrees maybe i'm wrong maybe it was 50 but it even was, 50 it was isn't that cold it was definitely around 60 i remember that too as being a weird thing that stood out because it's in boston it's kind of a thing it's like it matters what direction you're coming from like if it had been hot and it went to 60 people might be bundling up a little bit but if it was cold and it goes to 60 then you i have seen people out in shorts yeah we we recently had a freakish heat wave we had the uh we had two days where we broke the heat records for um those specific dates in boston it was 71 or 73 it was was a perfect temperature i love going outside in those days but you know obviously the earth is in terrible shape and we're gonna die but it was really wonderful those two days yeah i was i was talking to uh one of my coworkers about it how you enjoy the unseasonable warmth for a brief moment and then you immediately realize it's because the earth is dying and you're just like fuck well at least you got something before we're all flooded or whatever right yeah um um 
Yeah, there's not much else to talk about this book. The only other points I kind of wanted to go over quickly was that uh, the treatment of the intern character, Madison, uh, I did not like very much. Like, oh, it's supposed she's supposed to come off as like, oh, she's rich and like ditzy and like what a terrible person. But honestly, Fred is just mean to her for no reason other than the fact that she's younger and talks different because she's a sociable person it seems she's trying to make friends with people and she's trying to find something to do yeah and she um, seems at least a little bit legitimately interested even if she's like doesn't necessarily know everything that's fine everyone has to start and learn some way you can still correct her but not in such a shitty way like she's she's trying to be she's approaching people and talking to them and trying to get to know them, which is a it's, it's a rare thing I see happen. So when I see people doing it, I'm actually like, oh, you're kind of a cool person. I, I enjoy that you're doing that. So to get to see read about her getting treated shitty just for like being open and sociable is I don't like it. Yeah, I mean, I did feel like there were a couple of things wrong with the Madison character. One, interns don't intern in like like at the gift shop and yeah. feeding fish. Like that's not how that works. You intern yeah. for a specific area. Um you know, like I said, interns would never be wearing heels and a lab coat. But, um, I, yeah, I mean, I think uh, on a personal level, it was kind of shitty that Fred was like, oh, you're a rich blonde girl. That talks like this. So I'm immediately going to be mean to you. And it's like, well, don't fucking judge people. Um, yeah, she seems like a nice enough person. And like I said, it, especially as someone speaking as someone that's been trying very, very, very hard to develop his social skills and only just now kind of getting good at like approaching people out of the blue or cold and saying hello and all this kind of thing. It it made me really it makes me really appreciate the type of person that is also very friendly back to me because that's kind of a rare thing. A lot of people I, when I approach them, they're like indifferent, which is fine. I don't expect people to automatically like me or love me, but when someone makes an effort to be friendly at me, I respect that and I really appreciate it is all I'm saying. And I, I just made me feel bad about the fact that Fred just immediately went to shitty and that it's it's really painted as like the correct way to treat Madison, I think. Yeah, yeah. It it did seem kinda kinda shitty that um and again, like the the characters in this book I mean, the main character is just kind of a jerk to everybody and um yeah, none of them really speak kindly to one another even though the two guys are supposed to like her, they're both kind of weird and aggressive and, and mean. Yeah. And, like, she's mean back to them all the time. It, yeah, it, like I said, this book was written... It seems like it was written by someone who never listened to people actually interact or have a conversation. So... Yeah, it, it, there's a whole lot of just weirdly unhealthy ways to think that oh it's so cute and cool that this is how our relationship works or how our friendship works or something i, I just disagreed entirely with like the perspective that they were oh such good friends and treating each other nicely when i, I understand some friends have like they rib each other a lot and that's just how they talk to each other and they understand it's coming from a place of love or care even but it didn't really a lot of the things were just offhand like jonas just calls fred a bitch one time yeah it was it was not in an endearing way um sorry i just found something else that i wanted to say because okay, yeah, i was just flipping yeah, through the share book it. we're we're probably wrapping this up yeah, soon anyway so, so let's just get all the rest squeeze all the rest out here so the oh god so the yeah. um the two guys that are you know fighting over fred you have tom thomas pearson the researcher and i forgot arthur 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 without the th without yeah the no H, arthur. arthur i'm just gonna call him arthur um Arthur the prince uh are fighting over Fred all the time and there's this one part where Thomas is talking about how obsessed he is with Fred which is also creepy as hell like these couple of passages are scary um and at the end of it he goes and if a certain big red lug got in his way 
Well, he had a few ideas about how to stop a member of the undersea folk, and not just with Aikido. <laughs> and yeah, I was like, like, I was like, Aikido, really? Like he, it, yeah, it's okay. Really I'm so scared. He's like, he like trades in martial arts, but that's a very like Mac from its always sunny way to think about that problem, right? Like, just like I'll just do some fucking karate moves on him, and then he's done, and I'm totally in with Fred. Like, yeah, she just has to see my sick karate moves. Yeah, like Aikido. Really? Oh God! It's just <laughs> yeah. It's a it's a wicked douchey way to think about your your male competition. Yeah, I mean, whatever. If you practice aikido, that's fine. But like to think about it in like a, I'm gonna kill someone with my aikido skills. Like, <laughs> yeah. All right, yeah, okay. And then uh, she'll have to fuck. Me. Yeah, right. Uh, I, yeah. There's just there's just so much in this book that is bad. I, I yeah, it, it's definitely. I'm that, that's kind of why I asked that question before because like to us, it's definitely a terrible book. But I guess. For some people, it's a, it's a fantasy that they, it works for them. Oh, no, I, I what, found the rumbling balls page. <laughs> uh, you, are we going to get treated to a reading of this? Oh, yeah. Like, oh, yeah, you know it. Oh, good. Um, all right, cool. Um, all right, well, I'll just, <laughs> I'll just, you know, say goodbye to my dick forever while you eat this. <laughs> yeah, my vagina is going to close up, uh, close up shop forever. Um, uh, so the, the characters are having sex. That's the context. Oh, Jonas. Oh, okay. <laughs> Jonas and Thanks Barb. For clearing that up. Jonas and Dr. Barb are having sex and um yeah, sorry. Just, just I don't, hit me. Just I don't come know. on, just hit, let's wrap it up with this. Uh, just hit me with okay, it. Okay, all right. Oh, I can't I don't know if I, <laughs> I don't know if I can do it. Okay, just, deep just breath, come deep on, breath. Man. Yeah. He felt the familiar rumbling in his balls <laughs> that meant the festivities would soon be over. He, Whoa, had, he hadn't right. gotten off he so quickly with a woman since college. Oh, uh, I don't. The festivity, I, like uh, also I, right, like I'm a really skip. dorky way to refer to that. <laughs> yeah. Speaking as someone that has referred to fucking in very dorky ways to women that I am about to fuck, but like it, even that's just a little bit too on the nose, dude. Like, um, sorry. And then the next mention, um, literally, uh, one sentence later. I'm not gonna read that sentence though because it's it's a little graphic. Okay. Yeah. Let's. Uh, yeah. His fingers whitened on her hips as he felt the rumbling start in his balls and race through his whitened. body until he thought the top of his head was going to come off. <laughs> Just like a, one of those cartoons where like the steam comes out and shit. That's what that rumbling is. It's all the pressure from the, the steam inside building inside yeah, his testicles. And then, oh, wait. I'm sorry. This is something else I forgot about. Um, yeah, let's just, you know what? Just like, let's get them all out the right room, now. The room actually tilted one way and then the other as he desperately tried to focus as Barb collapsed over him with a groan as the greatest orgasm of his life tore through him like a, oh, those things Fred talked about. Don't think about Fred, idiot. Tsunami. Like a tsunami. That was it. Oh my, Barb gasped in his ear. You're my tsunami. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot about that. Holy shit. I know, I did too. Oh, fuck. <laughs> oh, God. All right, guys, just to recap. Oh, all right. You're all right, my tsunami. Thanks. You know what? That's, uh, that, that's it, right? You know, here, here's where we close it out. Uh, thank you for uh, listening to Terrible Book Club, everyone. You're our tsunamis. <laughs> Of of the little fans and comments oh. and love we get from you, so be sure to watch over us with your comments <laughs> and concerns about all this garbage. Oh my god! Oh yeah, and so- sorry I sound so weird. I've had a cold and my I lost my voice. So, uh. oh. yeah, yeah I'm still, oh. we're still kind of experimenting with our audio situation too because I you know I'm still 
applying different kinds of processing as I go on. I didn't get a chance to use my brand new mic that I bought for this one. I'm still oh, on my old one. That sucks. Because I had to get a part from uh, the, the company that sent it to me. Like It was just missing in the box, so I have to wait for that to come in, which oh. kind of sucks. So maybe next time, hopefully next time, I'll be using a fancier kind of microphone. So obviously I should might sound better. We'll see. Yeah. But for now, just same old thing. But uh, I don't know, Paris, uh, after, after getting hit by that, <laughs> wave uh, i think that's all i have to say about this uh yeah whatever this is me too um so uh, thanks for listening guys we'll uh, we'll see you next month all right have a good time everybody yeah watch out for those tsunamis yeah watch out bye bye